0: Hello everyone, welcome to d the the Melbourne Demons Fan
1: Podcast. This week,
0: Nita Rao, like Jay Kennedy Harris, has been demoted to the reserves after three listless performances. But with her demotion comes an opportunity, and we're very excited to welcome a new recruit, uh, the second in the Robertson clan, uh, Louie Robertson, to the podcast today. Uh, Louie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you, Kieran. I'm very excited to be here.
0: It's an honour, we know, uh, but uh, we're very excited to have your non-jaded, cynical take on the game to counterbalance my present feelings after that loss to Hawthorne. Uh, what were your, What was your
1: take on the game, being there? Um, oh, well, I think what happened on the weekend was something that us Melbourne fans have become very accustomed to over the years. and um, And... Whilst the first half, I suppose, was was quite appalling. Um, There were a lot of great signs, uh, particularly in that third quarter. And enough, the man that doesn't need a lot to go off, as far as optimism is concerned, indeed. Um, (laughs) I was quite happy with with how they did did play in that third quarter. And I think they'll keep developing from there. Oh,
0: I mean, I guess they should keep developing. But why on earth is it that coming out this week, knowing that this is a chance to... To get a crucial win against a team that is on the ropes, we start so appallingly. I mean, the lack of intensity was was palpable. Um, there must have been a lot of frustration in the members.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I, that's a good point. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if the members um, are ever invested enough to really feel <laughs> what could ever be a lot of frustration. But there, there was there was a feeling of disappointment. Um. But, you know, I think it's just, that's how it is at, the, at Melbourne this year. There's going to be ups and downs, but it is true. I mean, it was it was appalling the first half, and the lack of intensity I don't think has really been our biggest issue. So it was a shame to see that, um, yeah, in quite underwhelming proportions on, on the weekend.
0: I think you're right. I think previous losses have involved um, good effort, but perhaps a lack of composure or skill at crucial moments. Um, for me, this loss was, was really the worst of the season because of that uh, lack of intensity. I mean, Hawthorne just just wanted to win more.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, I think that I, I would tend to agree with that. Um, I mean, I think, on the other hand, the third quarter um, was fantastic. and There were just some really great signs. And um, we know that Melbourne doesn't win competitive close finishes. It's just not something <laughs> we know how to do yet. Um, so you know, taking that for what it is, I just thought that well, the first half, yep, it was terrible. But um, you know, they really did pick up, and, um, and and hopefully that is really where they where they carry on against <laughs> against Adelaide this weekend. I'm not sure where it all where it all ends if they don't. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we'll come to the Adelaide game uh, shortly. But uh, to turning to some of the big questions from this week, um, mm. do you think we've um, thrown away our finals chances Louis because uh, we play Adelaide this week we play North Melbourne next week who are experiencing resurgence Um, we still don't have Max Gorn for you know at least five or six weeks Um, you know have we just given away our chances by losing some of these close games
1: yeah um, again, I, you know, I'm not sure if we, we've thrown it away. I think you, cause, you know, you really have to have something to throw it away. And I think at the start of the season, I was an optimist that we might be able to get there. But in my heart, I always considered it more of an ambit hope that we would make the finals. <laughs> um, but you know, taking that into account, I do think it, it would be difficult from this point. But at the same time, if Melbourne is able to sort of get a bit of consistency and play at their best, I really do think that they're a team that could go um, obviously a lot further than where they are now, but certainly still keep themselves in the hunt.
0: Yeah, yeah. you're right. And it is it is a long season. We're only three and four. Uh, there's plenty of time. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's all the... Uh, the the years of disappointment and sorrow behind me. But I just feel like we're probably going to miss the finals by a game or two uh, and we'll look back on some of these infuriating losses uh, and regret them. But maybe that's the way of being a Melbourne supporter. Maybe I just need to be a bit more... uh have the kind of weary uh, detachment that you've managed to develop.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that... Um but that, that would, of course, be very disappointing again. I mean, that's essentially what happened last year. Um, but, you know, I do think there's a possibility. I think it's still early days. And um, I really wouldn't underestimate the importance of, of Gorn and not having him in the team. And, and I think he will come back, by the sounds of things, in a month or and a half or so. And, um, you know, we, we really, we, we still could be a chance. So I'm not writing them off just yet.
0: Okay, well, I guess the second big question then is what do we think of Goodwin's coaching? So we're seven weeks in. Uh, we've had a bit of a sample um, of his of his approach. Uh, what do you think of him so far?
1: Yeah, um, look, I have fluctuated um, in my position on him. I think I, I was initially enthusiastic. I like the very attacking style of football. Um, and then I've been... Very concerned about. Just, I'm not sure what's happening with defence, and and to be honest, I think that's still a big concern for me. Um, it just it, it really seems completely not even there at times. But um, I think on balance, he's doing all right. Like I, I, I do think there's only so much responsibility he can wear for a team that just comes out not ready to play, which is essentially what happened on the weekend. So you know I, he gets he gets perhaps. I'm a bit above a pass from me at this point. I, I think it hasn't been amazing, um, but it definitely, I think, you know, he's doing enough at this stage.
0: Yeah. I mean, my feeling is mm-hmm. that he's been quite tactically adept in game, um, much more mm-hmm. than, than I remember from Rusey. Um, I feel like he's uh, moved to shift uh, Jaden Hunt up forward um, to play Pedersen as a more uh, permanent ruck in the second half of the game um, was really important um, and uh, in, in previous weeks he's done stuff like that uh, so I think he's a very creative in-game coach um, but his selection has infuriated me at times I mean Jay Kennedy Harris for the third consecutive week has just done nothing and um, I'm sick of hearing yeah, of I mean, action yeah, one preaching is really
1: There, I, I, I always thought Jay Kennedy Harris um, wasn't really up to it and by always I mean since about 2015 that <laughs> long ago but um, not since his death and perhaps it's just because I am a real Kent enthusiast as well I just love his attack on the ball I like his his pace um, I think he's a long kicker you know, albeit not the most accurate but um I just think he adds a hell of a lot, and um, and I think Jay Kennedy-Harris is is peripheral at the best of times, um, and, and really non-existent at the worst, which seems to be what he's mostly been playing at for the last few weeks. So, I mean, I'd be pretty happy to see Kent hold that spot against him for the rest of the season now.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And mm. continuing to play Bug, when I don't really think he's got a particularly clearly defined role. Um I mean, I wasn't at the game, obviously, this weekend, so perhaps he's playing as a defensive forward and there is a slot for him, but I mean, he's not a great user of the ball. He's not really tagging a key opposition player. Um, I'm not really sure what the point of him in the team is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he can do that tagging role, um, but I, I certainly do agree he's not a great user of the ball. I'd, I'd add to that list as well that he... Tend to be quite slow and, and make um, some sort of questionable decisions as well. Um, but there's something about it that I think he's just, well, I suppose he's in that raft of players, isn't it? Where you've got sort of Stretch, Neil Bullen and um, Harms as well that are all kind of on the cusp. Um, I, I find it hard from week to week, I think, very, You know, any one of them puts their claims forward. And um, I think it'll just sort of be musical chairs for a while there. With, with that spot, right, right, right. Not sure what you think. Mm. Yeah,
0: I think so. I mean, we we've got depth. We've got plenty of players kicking around in the VFL, but not many that are really standing out and uh, staking a, a claim for a position particularly firmly. Um, so maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Goodwin. I mean, I, think, I guess we're always looking for a scapegoat when things consistently uh, are a bit off. Um, maybe it's
1: just the list he's got. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, um, I, I don't think you're being too harsh. I think it's true he has made some great um, tactical decisions and things, and I agree with that one that mentioned about Hunt on the weekend. that was very inspired. But, um, yeah, I, I, I do think he could do more. Um, but, you know, he's not alone in that group, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So so the final big question, and, and you flagged this before, um, what, what's wrong with our defence? It just seems like, um, in so many games this year, we've been on top and then the ball just trickles down to the other side and without you know the slightest amount of fuss, the opposition scores a goal. Um, what's going on down there? Yeah, I
1: mean, it really baffles me because I do understand the way that Goodwin plays, you know, this attacking style of football where everyone charges forward. And that and that's great when it's on. Um, it creates a lot of opportunities. It's very attacking. It's great to watch. But it really just is an all or nothing for the style. And I don't understand why there isn't even sort of an extra player just mm. um, slightly behind the play sometimes. You might be able to do... Because it just seems incredible how many their play, as you see on the rebound and just how effortlessly all-year teams have been uh, just moving it forward and, and sort of scoring easy, low-pressure goals, and not just in the forward line. I mean, moving it all the way down the ground, sort of in an uncontested and seemingly low-pressure way. So, I don't know. I really think it, it seems to be that there needs to be a slightly more defensive approach built in. Um, I feel that it's just not getting numbers back, but I, maybe I'm just not keeping up with the game in that sort of mentality, you know, fast-moving, hard-running game that's favoured these times.
0: Yeah, I know, but I I think you're right. Um, And the thing that frustrated me on the weekend was seeing players like Roughhead get these um, one-on-one opportunities again and again. And the reality is our defenders, they're not bad, but they're not good enough to win one-on-one against some of the better forwards in the competition. We need a third player... Uh, coming in. I mean, I would like to see Lewis almost playing like a hodge role for Horton <coughs> as a permanent kind of third man.
1: Yeah, look, I, I actually, I like that idea a lot. And I think it's a good point because, I mean, I think our, our defense, <coughs> we've got a lot of good, good players down there individually. I don't think that is the issue. Um, and I do think perhaps um, that we could do those, perhaps with maybe one more I mean, couldn't everyone? One more gun defender, but we certainly could um, to pick, to take the tall tall forward each week. But I thought Frost game was fantastic in that respect on the weekend.
0: Oh, what about certainly Frost? Certainly
1: someone like, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big, big, big Frost fan. But um, I think all of them work hard. It just seems to be structurally that I agree. Someone like Lewis sort of dropping in and then creating the play, moving it forward, someone who used it well, makes good decisions would be, um, seems to me, a good decision at this point. Particularly yeah. coming up against a team like Adelaide, you know, with such a prolific forward line.
0: That, oh dear God, it could get see. ugly, couldn't it? <laughs> it could get really ugly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it really could be horrendous.
0: <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, well we'll come to that Adelaide game very shortly, but uh, before that, let's go to one of our uh, most loved segments. Uh, in fact, I'm only real consistent segment. The Rowan Bale Award for most <laughs> oh, <yeah>. underrated <laughs> performance. Um, and Rowan Bale, as you all know, while what he lacked for in skill, he certainly made up for in tackling pressure. He was always um, top three tackler in the club. Uh, and we could have used that in the first half of last week's game. Um, so, in the spirit of Rowan Bale, Louis, who do you think won the award for most underrated performance from the weekend?
1: Um, oh, look, it's a tough one, because I do think that, that most of the players um, that, that did play a, a performance deserving of rating were rated. Um, mm. But I guess, you know, I mean, it is the most underrated. So be the next one Thank you it.
0: for respecting and the, uh, I, and I probably the integrity. Would, I probably
1: would lean towards Don Tyson. That one, mm. um, I really think his kicking has improved a lot over the last couple of weeks. It was never an issue with how much he was getting it, and um, and he seems to sort of read it well in the middle and and still get quite a few clearances. and Things you know, despite our ruck not really winning. So um, I really liked his game on the weekend, and I, I think I'd put him forward this well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a great nomination. Um, I completely agree with that, and. It seems a little bit weird to me watching the Dom Tyson perception among the fans, because essentially it feels like for the last couple of years I've been constantly denouncing him and claiming he's the most overrated player in the team, terrible ball user, bad decision maker. Um, but I've I'm st- I'm just suddenly started to warm to him. Maybe I'm just a contrarian. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I really feel like on the weekend he had a bit more composure than the rest of the mob... Um, uh, you know, it is, it is a very solid performance. and it, But weirdly, looking at the forums, people are, are still tearing into him for being one of our worst players. So there you go.
1: Um, you can't really- <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I can see why. Uh, yeah, I mean, Melbourne, we're, we're used to false glimmers of hope, aren't we? And perhaps on the back of two um, more defensible performances, it wouldn't yet be time to say that Dom um, Tyson has arrived. But you know, I think his journey is is going in the right direction at this point. And certainly, his game against Essendon was 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 more of what you want to see than just simply turning it over and um, kicking it to no one. Like he
0: has a you know <laughs> a propensity to do it. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my feeling with Tyson is that um, um, because he's got that pretty boy look, people expect pretty boy skills. Um, if you look. Loves- <laughs> If he looked more like Geordie McKenzie or Nathan Jones, perhaps he would be a bit more sympathetic to him for miss kicking. But uh, he looks like someone who who should be able to kick a drop pun twenty metres fairly accurately, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It's probably true. It's it's a branding thing, you know. Um, but either way, his kicking is 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 often appalling. So I mean, he he is answerable to that um, nice hair or not at the end of the day.
0: Um, so, Louis, turning to uh, the forthcoming bloodbath against Adelaide, um, <laughs> what do you think the ins and outs should be? How, what do we do to, to counter Adelaide?
1: Yeah, um, well, look, I do think that one that we've already flagged is, is definitely a must. Um, so, Kennedy Harris out and Kent in. Another one, I mean, I kind of liked how Harb's was playing. I thought he was working really hard. It certainly was never a question of his intensity mm. being an issue. Tony might have been dropped earlier. And someone who I know is a really great kick. but I have a real question mark over his commitment from time to time and who is was absolutely missing in the first half is Christian Salem. Um, I, yeah, I look, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't think that he could be considered in, in that slot, but I think it's probably a week early for him um, because he has played a few better games as well. Ooh, the Christian Salem. Maybe, that would be a statement piece. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm almost ready to put it out there at that point. I think maybe next week I'll see how he goes against Adelaide. But he was just... He really does lack a bit of intensity, I think, at times, and is a bit slow. Um, but, look, for this round, I'd be happy just to see that kennedy harris can change. There's nothing on top of that.
0: I think you're probably right. I mean, I would probably replace... Um, Bug for Stretch. Um, I, f- I feel like Stretch wasn't really doing much wrong in the team. He wasn't maybe having the impact he could um, and creating creating goals enough. But I still feel like he was playing fairly solidly. I don't really think we've worked out a role for Bug. <coughs> unless, of course, they decide to tag Sloan with him, um, which you know, I'd, be, I'd be thrilled to see. But unless he has a very clearly defined defensive role, I don't think he should be in the team.
1: Yeah, but um, I wouldn't object. I'd, I'd be happy to see that change as well.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone's fighting for Bug, shall we say. They might <laughs> just uh, forget about his name on the, on the you know, football club floor when they're throwing in the team, team sheet together. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, but do we beat Adelaide? Is there a way we can do this? I mean, how do we grapple with their forward
1: line, for one? Yeah, I mean, well, last year, we forget that they were up by a couple of goals at halftime and looked really good. I mean, I know Adelaide came out, kicked five on goals, goal, and that was the end of it. But there is a way, at least, of getting on top. And um, and I know that we had Dawn in that team then, which will be a bit different now, and I'm concerned about that, as I am every week. Hmm. But I think it's possible. I think if they turn up um, ready to play, uh, like they have been most weeks, really, then we should, bar last week, um, there's a chance. Uh, that said, mostly from a place of hope. I, okay. I really do think that this could be a 10-goal-plus loss.
0: It could, it could. And um, I love the way Simon Goodwin was looking for a positive uh, for this week, saying it would be nice to get the boys together on an interstate bonding trip. Um, I'm not sure how much bonding there will be on the way home after a 70-point loss. I mean, yeah. I I, I just think... I mean, Tom McDonald has played well before on Taylor Walker. Neville Jenner on Betts has worked. So we've we've done okay defensively, but I don't know. I feel like Adelaide's midfield is playing better than before. Um, at home, they're a bit of a fearsome proposition. So I feel like we'll lose by around about maybe 30, 30 points, which is still an optimistic take, I feel.
1: Yeah, um, but that's probably, probably about on the money. I, I just couldn't tip them this week. I think that they're... There's too much that's not happening that would need to. Um, Yeah. Look, five goals. Um, um, Hopefully not 20. (laughs) Five goals.
0: Hmm. Mm. Well, on that cheery note, uh, thank you very much, Louis, for joining the Deluded (laughs) podcast this week.
1: Um, It's been a a pleasure, Kieran. Thanks for having me.
0: uh, Another exceptional Robertson performance. Uh, and the pressure is on Nita Rao to return next week to, you know, she knows exactly what she needs to do to keep her place in the team, um, including um, being willing to record the podcast, one of the key, uh, <laughs> key performance indicators for her. Um, and uh, we'll be in your podcast feed a couple of days after every game, of course. Um, please continue to email us with comments at deluded1964 at gmail.com. Uh, we've had some great emails so far um, with uh, suggestions. Uh, with questions, with laments from long-suffering Demons fans. Um, We love them. Please keep them coming. Um, And tweet us at Deluded Podcast. Uh, So thanks very much, uh, and looking forward to dissecting the improbable Melbourne win over Adelaide. Uh, See you later. Go Dees.
1: Go Dees. Thanks,
0: Jeff.